You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and this week, new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score in an NFL game can win $100 in free bets. I'm Leah Merrill joined by Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. How is everyone doing on this fine day? Wow, nothing, nothing. Honestly, (laughs) we might as well just all move in together. Like, should we should rent Airbnb? Like, Craig, enough? Have you? People do get enough Steve Peters in their life. Are you to that point yet? Should we tell people what's going on with with uh, the settings on our podcast today? We've actually turned off the camera because we don't want to look at each other. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and you think we're kidding, but we are absolutely 100% true story. We turned off our cameras. We've had enough. (laughs) Uncle. It's been too much. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is what we do for the people come together to uh, to share the news and happenings for the Coyotes and around the NHL, which is going to be the subject of our show today. Um, Actually, somebody DM'd the PHNX Coyotes account asking for more news around the NHL. So seriously, yeah. So that is what we're going to get to today. But first things first, because this is the Coyotes podcast there's not really anything majorly new to update but craig any coyotes news updates injury updates anything of that nature yeah i mentioned on the show the other night that nick schmaltz has has been skating and he started handling a puck uh close to a week ago now so i i would expect him to start practicing with the team soon we may see him on thursday so that that would obviously help they could use his they could use him in the middle of the ice. They're obviously not very strong up the middle of the ice. Uh, they they could use his speed through the neutral zone. I, I could see him back on the top line, slide Travis Boyd back down in spite of the fact that he's filled in nicely. But that's that's the one major piece. I, I still don't have a sense of Carter Hutton's timeline. Um, of course, he's still in the COVID protocols as well. But as I've mentioned a couple of times, I just don't know. I don't know if Carter Hutton is fully healthy. I don't know if that ankle surgery is fully healed. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. The goaltending situation is obviously very intriguing for this team. And one of the things, Craig, just lightly touch on the goaltending. I don't want to dive into it too deep, but with Wedgwood giving up five last night, 
we'll have to see where that trend goes to. Like he was, you know, he got that little burst of getting picked up on waivers, had some outstanding games. I thought he played well last night. I don't think any of it was his fault. I'm just saying those numbers, maybe that's more indicative of what we're going to expect given the defending this Coyote team provides their goaltender. And does that change the Carter Hutton outlook? I guess time will tell. Yep. Yep. It's definitely something to watch. And Scott Wedgwood knew this all along that this could end at any point. He's obviously bounced all around the NHL. He's, he's looking for a, a foothold in the league. I think he'd be very happy as a secure number two somewhere, but we'll see it. Like you said, we'll see how this trends because you, you regardless of the chances in front of you, if you give up five goals a game, um, you're probably not going to be around. Yeah, well, speaking of things to keep an eye on, we've been keeping an eye on the bottom of the NHL standings, kind of tank watch, if you will. And right now, the Coyotes are in 31st place, um, only ahead of the Ottawa Senators with nine points, but Ottawa has nine games in hand on the Coyotes. And then in 30th, shockingly tied in points with the Coyotes. They're on pause right now um, because of, COVID issues, but the New York Islanders. Yeah, but, but you look at again, where the Islanders have six games in hand yeah. right now. Like that, they, they get a point in one of those six games and they pass um, the Coyotes. I think the Islanders are a better team than they've shown early in this season. I think the Islanders are going to get wins. They're going to get points. They are not going to be a part of Tank Watch. At not least yet. that's what I'm saying after, you know, 23 games for the Coyotes. Wait, how many games does Ottawa have in hand? Ottawa oh. has four in hand. Four, okay, yeah, yeah. The they, Islanders they, have six. The the Senators are screwing. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, tweet that I put out this morning um, on Arizona being a state of extremes, but it, it's crazy. The Suns and Cardinals yes. are literally both at the top of their league standings. The Diamondbacks finished tied for the bottom of their league standings, and right now it's Ottawa's out here ruining the narrative because they are the only team behind the Coyotes in the NHL standings. <laughs> that is true. It really is. It really is a town of extremes in the sports market. Very bipolar sports market yeah. in the Phoenix metro area right now. It yeah. sure is. Can we be on the other end though? That would would Maybe that be better? Day. What does that feel like? I don't know. I, know. I yeah. wander down the halls at PHNX with just utter jealousy. And look at everybody's happy and kind of bouncy. Can't mm-hmm. wait till the next show. And look, we've got 17 in a row. Look what we're doing. And then we come to the basement and <laughs> oh, yeah, woe but, is me. You know, Stephen A. Smith says that the Suns window is already closed. So. That is true. <laughs> and you know what he says goes. So <laughs> That is true. <laughs> but, you know, looking toward the future, um, Shane Wright just today was invited to Hockey Canada's National Junior team selection camp so some we can uh do some prospect some pro- yep so some prospect watch going ahead um coming up at the end of december the national junior the world juniors for me is like my favorite international tournament yeah it is for sure and, and i'll tell you so why much. i've i've always loved this tournament one it has nothing to do with money or well, i was going to say egos because that well that would not be true because there are some guys that have big egos at that level but it's not about your professional career. It is truly about the team in your country. I love this tournament. I think the emotions during this tournament, the amount of skill and talent that is still developing and forming, it is the funnest hockey tournament in the world to watch. I'll put this over the Olympics. I love the World Junior Tournament. And for me as an American, working around a bunch of Canadians all the time, it was always great to, <laughs> to, to put on the red, white, and blue because it – it's still pretty even. By the time we get to the Olympics, I think Canada could put two teams in 
and do pretty well mm -hmm. at world juniors honestly the americans can beat the canadians mm -hmm. now and that wasn't always true so it's it's a fantastic tournament i cannot wait for it to start definitely huh Speaking what do you think of canadians and the red white and blue wow good good insanity in montreal wow. that was an that was really incredible good. transition you should do this for a living craig i <laughs> was unreal yeah, the Canadians made some big changes over the weekend. Um, they fired their GM. They fired their head of communications. They fired their, what was it, the assistant GM? Assistant GM. And then the yeah, he was, he resigned was because yeah. he wasn't going to get the job. And then Jeff Gorton has stepped in as the um, head. He's an advisor, though, right? Yeah, head what is his title, Craig? He's in hockey operations, but he's not the general manager. Well, they hire a general manager. And and did you watch that that press conference, by the way? Did you watch that news it's conference? It's so awkward. Yeah. It, it you you you're listening to the <laughs> to to the owner of the team having to explain that Jeff Gordon is only part of the equation, right? That that there's going to be a GM who who don't worry, he'll be bilingual, he'll speak French. Like, where else do you hear this? Yeah. And I get, I listen, I get it's important in the province of Quebec to have someone French speaking, but it has limited the Canadians for so long. Jeff Gordon was, I think a lot of people agree, was the best choice, was clearly the best choice. But you you have an owner up there still having to explain, hey, don't worry, I hired the best guy for the job, but we'll find somebody who can speak French. How insane yeah. is that when you take a step back from it? I know. And the whole thing that they that Molson created the uh, it to be a two-person structure um, yeah. because they need that. It's just so interesting. And it really limits the selection pool for a general manager. Um, they still haven't hired a GM. There's been some names tossed about um, Patrick Waugh being one, Danny Briere being another. I even heard Breer a rumor. Is what I am hearing, yes. And I also heard a rumor, uh, Roberto Luongo. Wow. I don't know. What do you think? I um, think the Danny Briere thing has to be real. I think there's some merit to that. He's been an, a, a, the general manager of an American League team. Uh, I know his name was even brought up in the halls of the Arizona Coyotes before yes. Bill Armstrong took that position. Um, so I think that's real. Um, the Patrick Roy one's interesting to me. I, I Wait, it was it was it wasn't it Roberto Luongo? Was it Patrick Waugh? Have you heard Patrick Waugh? Yeah, I've yeah. heard Patrick Waugh too. Yeah. And Roberto Luongo. But but Craig, even when we go back to, to the removal of Bergeron um Bergeron is as GM, they were in the Stanley Cup finals last year. His starting goalie puts himself into the NHL uh rehab protocol. Like it's virtually the same team that it was a year ago, other than in the playoffs, other than Cole Caulfield's slow start. And Carey Price, yeah. And Carey Price. And, Carey and Price. Shea Weber. And Shea Weber's hurt. So, well, Shea Weber might be done. Yeah, but. so how is this the GM's fault? I mean, Bergeron was in the last year of his contract. It didn't even seem like he wanted to resign even. So I don't know if he necessarily like wanted yeah, maybe. to come back. And I think the direction now, I, I would not be surprised if they're full on Coyotes tank mode. Okay, and this imagine the city of Montreal. What's that? It's going to be harder for them to get there though, with the contracts they have on the books, right? Yeah. This is, I mean, can can they pull off? Can can you move? Uh, you know, Brenda Gallagher is signed for a very long time. He's still a good player, but he's twenty nine, and he's is he going to be a part of it? Josh Anderson is signed for a very long time. You've You've got a lot of contracts. If you start looking at that, uh, Jeff Petrie, 
is 33. He's got four more years left on his deal. They've got a lot of contracts that they would have to move out. And, and of course, you still have Carey Price signed forever. Um, I don't know. It, it, that's a tough rebuild. It, it's just a bizarre situation all around. But getting back to your, you know, talking about this, this team making the cup final last year. Look, it was it was a Cinderella run. It was a hell of a story. But I still think back to that first round of John Tavares is healthy. I don't think they get out of the first round. And we're not talking about any of this. Nobody's worried about, oh, how, how could how could the Canadians have fallen so far? I don't think they have. I never thought the Canadians were a very good team. I thought they had one quick playoff run that just altered the view of this franchise dramatically. I think people had unrealistic expectations of who this team was. It's not a good team. It's not a playoff team. And now they're in this situation. Uh but again, I, all along, I never thought that this was a team that was was headed anywhere. I, I thought they had major deficiencies that were often masked by Carey Price. Well, and so that brings us back to Tank Watch. I think that this team legitimately is going to be one of the bottom four teams this year. I think they will be a part of Tank Watch. I, I think until they get, if, if Carey Price can come back and be Carey Price, they will win more games than without him. Uh, but they're still a team that's going to be there with Ottawa and and the Coyotes. I think they're definitely going to be part of the lottery. Um, so it's... Uh, we'll keep our eye on the Montreal Canadiens as tank season continues. Yeah, and as it stands today, they're in 29th with 14 points, so just two ahead of the Coyotes, but they've played one extra game. So the Coyotes, with a win this week, could catch the Canadians in the standings there. So. Um, PD, you'd mentioned, uh, I wanted to reiterate this, you mentioned this on the show the other day, that those teams near the bottom of the standings, other than the Coyotes right now, sort of have a black cloud swirling around them. Um, you know, Montreal, Vancouver, Chicago, they all have their issues. And you, you mentioned how that can make its way into the locker room and it can be hard to shake. That's that's a really good point. And it's something to watch with these teams now for the rest of the season. Will they? Is that alone going to doom all three of these teams to be near the bottom of the standings and, and in contention for Shane Wright? And it might be because then you have a built-in excuse as a player, right? Like we're losing, well not my fault look at the mess up in the front office it, it's them or look at chicago look at all the problems we're having outside of the ring. It's not my fault i think it builds in that excuse we're inside the coyote locker room it's hey we're doing the best we can with what we have it's us against the world we're all in this together we're having fun and we're going to compete and unfortunately that might be a bad recipe for tank season that might not <laughs> be where you want to be that puts you right at 27th or 28th and then you could be drafting sixth or seventh. So we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. And speaking of draft picks, by the way, in Montreal, I mean, it's becoming abundantly clear that the Coyotes aren't going to get the Canadians picked this year because it's top 10 protected. So the way it works is you, you, they get the worst of Montreal's two picks at this point, which would be, what, Carolina? Is that is that what's going to shake out? Yeah, it'll be Carolina. Yeah. It is. yeah. And they would get Montreal's second round pick in 2024. That's that's looking like it's it's going to happen. So when you talk about the first round draft picks that the Coyotes acquired now, eh, Colorado and Carolina are going to be two teams that are very low in the first round. So you're not getting great picks out of that. It's, it's, it's going to feel like high second round picks. Yep. Yep. Classic. Classic for the Coyotes, it seems like. Um, well, speaking of dark clouds in NHL locker rooms of Andrew Kane. Was, was that a good transition? <laughs> yeah. Here's one that's interesting to me. So they put him on waivers. They sent him down to the Barracuda. And, and I think in his mind now he's been off the ice for so long. 
I don't know what those private discussions were with management, but is he just in his mind, hey, I'm just going to the American League to get my game back. I haven't played yet this year. I get it. I'm just going to go play. Um, I don't know where San Jose's stance on this is. I don't think he plays a game for the San Jose Sharks. Greg? Oh, that is that's the feeling all around that camp, and that that he's that that he's going down there to get his game back in shape. But they are going to move him. They're going to try to move him. And as you and I were discussing yesterday on our secret assignment for PHNX Sports, somebody's going to pick up Evander Kane because he can play, because he can score, he can produce. As you said, Petey, somebody always believes that they're the guy that can you know, perform the reclamation project. They're the guy that can solve the issue and get Evander Kane back to where he needs to be. It's hey, it's hubris, right? It's stupid. For sure. You can look around this league for the last hundred years that there has been a league. There are guys in the locker room that are not well-liked by everyone, that are not universally well-liked. You have teams that have extremely strong leadership groups and veteran groups that can keep those guys in check. When you get a a group that is younger and trying to build. And I think San Jose is kind of in the middle there. I, I think those characters that, that can lead younger players down the wrong path, there will be a fit for Evander Kane. And I promise you, because I have sat in coaches and managers rooms when, when people have come up and players have come up with, with a checkered past or, or, you know, deficiencies in, in, in their checklist. And I have heard managers and coaches go, yeah, but I can handle that. I can keep that in check. I can I can help this person. Um, so it's happening around the league. When you put up the kind of numbers that Evander Kane can put up and when you can score like he can score, there is a team that can take a chance. Having said that, in the right environment with a strong leadership group, he might be able to play again. And, and I, I don't know him. I've never met him. I don't know his character. I don't know. Maybe he's going to try to bounce back and show everybody they're wrong. And you might catch a, a guy with a lot of skill that's on a mission that could be dangerous. Like he can, he can produce in this league. So there is no doubt in my mind that he will be playing in the NHL again this season um, at some point. I would just be surprised if it was in, with the Sharks. He had also admitted that he hasn't spoken to any of his Shark teammates. So Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, so interesting to see um, how he will do in the AHL. Um, and we'll, we'll keep tabs on that one as well. Let's see. Teammates being maybe unliked. Uh, let's go to the biting incident. Between... Are, we, are we adults here talking about somebody biting somebody else? Really? I mean, it happened, so we have to talk about it. Um, and we're referring to, of course, Brendan Lemieux uh, allegedly biting Matthew. No, not Matthew. Sorry. Brady Kachuk um, during a Senators-Kings game. He was ejected from the game, um, had an in-person hearing, and suspended five games for biting Brady Kachuk. Thoughts? Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you go with this one, Craig. Like, where is your mindset that you're biting another player and thinking, "Oh, this is a good, this is a good idea." I mean, hockey's a violent sport. Guys punch guys. You, you can get extremely violent hits into the into the wall or in, in the middle of the ice we've seen it and we've seen suspendable offenses there but biting another player it's I, I i don't i don't know where you start the line of disciplinary actions against that because it shouldn't be happening <laughs> well it it happens in in lower life forms 
they do bite one another. <laughs> wow. Oh my god! Well, the it's NHL not happening much in in, in human interaction. <laughs> just- I'm I'm literally stunned. I don't know what to say, and I think, you know, we talk about two two players whose fathers both played with and against each other for a long time. And honestly, they don't like each other either. Like there's publicly, you can go look up fights between the two, um, you know, Keith Kachuk and Claude Lemieux. This may run deep. I mean, (laughs) honestly, these two kids would have been here at the same time in Arizona with their dads, both playing. You don't know how deep it goes. You still can't bite somebody like, come on. Like you, you hear the reputation of Brendan Emile, bad teammate, not a good guy. He's been pushed out of New York already. This doesn't help his cause at all. So I, I know we were talking about a suspension of five games. Is it the right number? I listened to Mike Johnson up TSN today, and he he said it best. He said, you know, you want to see longer suspensions just because it's something you don't talk about. But five is probably the right number because you're seeing when you when you talk about egregious, dangerous hits to the head. Okay, those are players getting hurt and out and potentially career-ending injuries. I, I think people wanted a longer suspension just because it's gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. You're biting another player. <laughs> I, I'm okay with five. I, I'm not. I don't have a problem with five games for Brendan Lemieux. He's not a good enough player to to keep doing this sort of thing either. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know his contract status, but but this is it, it's again it's another check mark against you that when this league is so competitive and there's always someone pushing up from down below looking to take your job. These are things you can't have on your resume. You He's better be an elite free. player. He's a restricted free agent after this season. So, Well, we'll the, the NHL had said, come out and said, this is not a hockey play. This is a player delivering a forceful, intentional, and potentially dangerous bite to the hand of another player with sufficient force to puncture the skin. <laughs> but even better than that, I thought were Kachuk's comments after the incident um saying it was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do this guy you could ask any one of his teammates nobody ever wants to play with him this guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate he focuses on himself all the time the guy's just a joke he shouldn't be in the league this guy is gutless no other team wants him (laughs) yeah (laughs) lit him up with those comments just lit he's an absolute joke and it was so funny because he prefaced the whole thing like i'm only going to speak about it this one time and then just like (laughs) went off (laughs) you know Brady, you you said it well there's really nothing else to say (laughs) yeah really he left nothing to be desired um for that one it'll be interesting to see how those two progress though because they are going to play against each other again and, you know, as their careers move on, it'll be interesting to see how this goes and w- where this rivalry now goes. Because I think, you know, you look at Ottawa, it's a team that's on the rise and coming up and L.A.'s on a, a team that's on the and rise and moving rise, up. Maybe? Pardon me? Ottawa's on the rise? I believe that they are, Craig. Okay. Well, there's not, nowhere to go but up, buddy. Well, not this season, but they, they <laughs> yeah. I like their good. There's Once good young talent bottom, there. They get their up. goaltending straightened out. They've got good young talent and they can score. It just won't be this year. Allegedly. oh my gosh wow we were like right on it with the transitions i just don't know how to transition out of this insane story we have another suspension so we can just stick with suspensions go for it go for it craig games for slew footing oel brad marchand had has had quite a week huh (laughs) yeah the application with our our temi panera and he's got this i remember doing a story with him Oh my gosh, how many years ago? Maybe five seasons ago where he had been through so much of this stuff and had such a bad reputation. It, it came after the, by the way, where do we classify this one? 
the licking incident. Licking. <laughs> I know, I know, right? That's even that's even <laughs> he worse. Said he had learned his lesson. He had to play. You know, he has to play on edge, but he's got to be more in control. He's a, he's a changed person, right? <laughs> here, yeah. here he is once again in the news for the wrong reasons. Seriously, and and another guy that will continue to get away with it because he is such a good player and so valuable to his team. I think the difference here, though, Craig, and I may be wrong. I think he's pretty well liked amongst his own teammates. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's when you talk to him too, he's an unbelievably engaging guy. You can you can have a great conversation with him, but man, does he flip a switch when he gets yeah. on the ice? And you're right too. He's he's so effective. I mean, let's let's look at you. You look at Patrice Bergeron's insane faceoff stats. Well, it's because he's he's primarily taking him on his strong side because Marchand can take him on the other side. They're so good together, and because of that, they start with the puck so often. That's those are two fantastic players that work really well together. Yeah, what a week for him. Like you said, the, the glove-throwing incident, the suspension. I mean, Boston, there's a lot going on in Boston. Their head coach is in COVID protocol. Jake DeBrusque has uh, come out and asked for a trade. It's a lot <laughs> happening. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Craig? A player coming out and publicly demanding or asking, not demanding, that's not a fair term, asking for a trade. Well, it's not the first time. I mean, I've seen it before, and, and you, you have to get to, a, obviously, a, a, a real impasse to uh, to come out that publicly. Um, he was not upset. He, he, was, he was upset that uh, Bruce Cassidy ended up scratching him after his defense on Artemi Panarin's winning goal in that loss uh, to the Rangers on November 26th. But, yeah, you, you wonder. You, you don't know the whole story, of course. We don't know all the stuff that's been brewing behind the scenes. We don't know what his relationship is with its coach, but it's it's never a good look for a player, right? He's making $3.675 million. I know he'll be an RFA after the season, so they do control him. So maybe he's thought, yeah, I can't be here anymore. I got to get out of here, and maybe this is the way to do it. But I don't, I don't know if you can say he hasn't had opportunity. He has had opportunity there in the past. He's only eighth among forwards in average ice time right now, but Jake DeBrusque has had some chances to to be a bigger player for the Bruins, and I'm, I'm not sure he's fully embraced that. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when he first started there, he was kind of like the darling. Like, uh, I mean, that's why he has such a big contract there. They had high expectation for him. He's getting a lot more ice time. He was playing higher in the lineup. Um, and then that kind of waned. And it's not the same role that I think he envisioned himself in. Um, and I don't think Cassidy sees DeBrusque as an asset. I, I, I think there is definitely an issue between the coach and the player. And I, and I guess if I didn't like my job and I didn't feel I went to work every day and I was being utilized by my, my boss or my company or my management. Yeah. I'd go looking for another job. Unfortunately, when you're a player under contract, you don't have that luxury. You can't just go, okay, well, I don't like it here. I'm going to go play for I Montreal. The Bruins. <laughs> yeah. I quit the Bruins. You can't do that. So I guess if you're that unhappy, this is the steps that you take. So now the next step is, one, how does that affect the Bruins short-term? Players are coming out and say it's not a distraction. It's not bothering our room. He's a good guy. We like him. We understand it. Fans, fans boot him. Yeah. Players are okay with it. The next yeah, thing is Boston. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to have to. He's got to move. So now where? And so one of the interesting spots, Craig, and I don't know if you've read some of the where does DeBrusque end up. I have. We'll talk about Arizona second. But the one that I find interesting is the Vancouver Canucks. Four former Coyote Connor Garland. So does Connor Garland fill a hole in Boston that they could use in the lower part of their lineup to help generate offense? I think he does. 
Wait, not straight up. Oh, no. No, but could you see that being part of a deal that Connor Garland goes back to the Boston area, hometown, could potentially help their offense, and they could make a run with it? That would be insane. What's in it for Vancouver? What's that? What's in it for Vancouver? Why would they give up Connor Garland? Hey, Craig, I don't know. I don't work there. I'm just (laughs) bringing it to a conversation. (laughs) I was looking at it from the Bruins' perspective, and I think that's the way yeah, this was looking at it. I'd love to have Connor Garland. They they were interested in him before, but I, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Vancouver makes that deal. Well, I mean, he's yeah. the only. <laughs> let's let's face it. He's he's the the good piece that they got from the Coyotes. Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson has been okay. He's been mediocre, but nothing more than that. Connor Garland's played well for him. Yeah, and you're t- looking at a guy that that only has a 4.95 salary cap hit. You're looking at a team again in the bottom of the standings, and he will provide scoring for years. Do you trade Connor Garland? Probably not. I I I, I think again, you talk about Debrus going to the Coyotes. I don't see that move happening either. I don't see where he would fit into this lineup. I don't think they're ready to add a player like Debrusque. So where does he end up? That that is the issue. Like he, he does. His contract's not an easy one to swallow in a cap era for a guy that that most see as a bottom six. Yeah. So I, I don't know how they're going to be able to move that piece. I just were trying to get Garland back to Boston, Craig. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of it. I'm sure he would love to play for him. Uh, he, he's talked about it, actually. But, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see that happening. They would – I mean, Boston would have to sweeten the pot significantly to get Connor Garland. I mean, the time to get him was probably in the offseason, and it just didn't happen for them. True. Well, Boston is kind of middle of the standings of the Atlantic. They're in fifth right now, an 11 and eight record. Um, just the most surprising thing about that to me is that Detroit is a spot ahead of them. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. But despite where they are in the standings, Boston is still kind of upper middle of the pack in terms of team features. They're plus 1600 right now. Yeah. I've, um, I've learned my lesson with the Bruins to, uh, you know, I've, I've thought that their decline was coming for a couple seasons now and it hasn't. And those, those two guys we were talking about before Bergeron and Marchand are just terrific, but I, I still question some of the things on this team. I, I don't know that this is a team whose cup window is open anymore. I don't think it is. So they're in a, they're in a difficult uh, period right now. It's hard. They're chasing Detroit and Columbus for that last wild card spot in the in the East right now. I like the Bruins. I, I think losing Krejci, um, that secondary scoring that was able to back up that top line is something that's a deficiency for them right now. Um, I don't know if they're deep enough to make a long playoff run, and their defending honestly has been poor too. I mean, you get McAvoy, um, Carlo. You get beyond that. I, I don't know. And again, you go all the way back to goaltending where it always starts. Um, I don't know how solid they are in net either. They're going to be there at the end, though. They're they're going to be a team. They're not going to fade. They're going to be a team that's that's going to be challenging for that last playoff stop, spot in the Eastern Conference right up till the end. Um, and I don't know where Detroit finishes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to keep your eye on. And this is something that is kind of cool. I this whole season we've been talking about team futures to win it all. But right now in DraftKings, you can bet on the conference winner, the division winner, teams to make the playoff, team total points, president trophy winners. There's a ton of stuff. And right now Boston is has the fourth best odds to win the Atlantic division. Um, so, you know, if you believe their window still open or want to get on any of those things I just mentioned, you can do so on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
Um, they're always updating the odds. It's great to get the odds early in the season before things start to really take hold. We just passed the American Thanksgiving break, which is normally when the playoff picture starts to come a little bit more into focus. So be sure to check all of that out on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, and this week, new customers who sign up using the promo code PHNX and bet a dollar on any team to score in an NFL game can win $100 in free bets. So you can take those that money and put it wherever you want to hockey to football to table tennis whatever it's all there on the DraftKings Sportsbook app it's safe secure reliable and easy to use so be sure to check it out and let us know um, what you're betting on on DraftKings we love to hear it we love to get ideas um, PD is a is a user of the DraftKings Sportsbook app so check it out that's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP new customers only eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details yeah I, I just have to stay away from football <laughs> just stick with what I know because I get I, I make really silly decisions when I'm start looking well, at football games well looking at hockey knowing that Nathan McKinnon is finally coming back. Is that, would you bet Boy, on that's a, Colorado in his return? You know, it's interesting because we talk about how people are affecting their locker rooms and Nathan McKinnon's a guy. <laughs> he's an interesting guy. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a player that wants the puck, wants to be the guy and he can be very vocal within a room. It's interesting to see where that team is in the standings this far in. Like we're we're at the quarter pole and and Colorado is they're they're on the outside looking in. I'm extremely well, surprised. Let's be careful with that. Um, they, Colorado may be in sixth place in the Central, but they have the second best points percentage in the division. Yeah, they've got four games in hand. You're yeah. right. But this isn't the start you expected from this team, is it, Craig? No, it isn't. Um, but I don't I don't blame that as much on Nathan McKinnon. We'll get to this in a minute. They went seven and one without Nathan McKinnon, by the way, which is really interesting. So they weathered it really well. What they need is they need better goaltending from Darcy Kemper, who has not been good at all. He's he's not in the top 40 in any of the significant statistical categories for goaltenders. They, I mean, he was the piece that, that they acquired to push them over the top and win a Stanley Cup, and he has not delivered. There's a lot of time left in this season, but Darcy Kemper has not been the guy that we got used to seeing here. Yeah, but you see that too. You can say that, but did you see who? Again, you're you're a guy that knows the the expected goals, average. You know your your goalie <laughs> stat, Craig. Did you see who's at the bottom of that? Is Grubauer? Like Grubauer's had a a difficult season too. Now I know he's not playing behind the Colorado Avalanche anymore. He's playing with a much different Seattle team, but his numbers haven't been much better. Not much better. They've been worse. Um, I hope Darcy Kemper finds his game. I, I really rooted for him to be the guy that that helped put this team over the top in their playoff chase, and maybe he still can. He's a very streaky goalie, and once he gets hot, he's hot, and and hopefully he hits that stride at the right time because I'm rooting for him. He's a good person, did a lot of good things for this franchise, and I hope he finds his stride in Denver. Yeah, and I still think he has it within him. I, I still think he's a terrific goaltender. Who Maybe there's just an adjustment period to whatever. Their systems, their – you never know what's impacting a guy. Yeah, and the expectations too, Greg. Like yeah. their expectations, there are extremely high, and that puts a lot of pressure on a guy. And you perform differently when you have that kind of pressure. And so, as the season goes on, and they can accumulate some points, and they can keep winning, I think he will continue to get better. Um, and the truth is, they're going to 
they're going to be a playoff team. I mean, I know where they are in the standings. You're right. They have games in hand. It's going to be a playoff team. And this whole thing, the acquisition of Darcy Kemper is how will Darcy Kemper play in the playoffs? That's the key. So he can, he can be average. He can't be below average. He can be average during the regular season, but once those playoffs starts, he needs to be elite. And if he does that, Colorado fans, management coaches and players are going to be just fine with it. Is this team good enough? Where he doesn't have to be elite, where he just has to be good. Can he just, be like just good, just average, just like Niemi for the Blackhawks in 2010, right? Yeah, I don't think this team needs a great goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. They need a good goaltender that makes great saves at the right time. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, speaking of players returning from injury, Jack Hughes returned to the New Jersey Devil lineup, but uh, also signed a eight-year, $64 million extension with the Devils. That's a eight-by-eight wow. deal. Made pull his back muscles carrying that money to the bank, right? Pull <laughs> this deal. Like, I mean, he is he's in his third season, his third NHL season. He hasn't put up anything close to elite numbers. Look, some of that's injuries. Some of that's COVID and playing on god-awful teams. But Jack Hughes hasn't been a different maker difference maker and you just paid him after basically after two NHL seasons like he is a difference maker uh, honestly just stunned like and you don't you're taking a guy that was that hits your cap right now just under a million dollars a year and you pay him for eight years that is an incredibly long time and you know you you hope for for their sake they they they're happy with the contract four years from now, but boy, that's a big number for not much of a resume yet. I know you're, you're paying on your hope and your expectations for the future. Wow. Wow. I, I was stunned to see this happen this early in his career. I really was, but good for him. I mean, great, great for him as an individual. It's a great contract. It's good for players around the league. They're licking their chops going fantastic. Where's mine? Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, there's their GMs out there, including, including the one locally who, who really don't believe in rewarding young players this soon with this kind of contract because there there's that fear that they they lose the hunger and and I don't know if that's entirely fair a lot of guys play simply for the love of the game and and competition but when you remove the drive to 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 cash in to get that big first contract so early I, I think it has impacted some young guys the wrong way. I've seen we've seen it happen in the past. So this is an interesting one to watch because if Jack Hughes does not live up to that deal, that's a hard one to get out from under. For sure. Well, you know, only time will tell how that one turns out for the Devils. Um, all right, wrapping up here. There was it just felt like there's so much that happened in the NHL this past week, um, but. Just wrapping up, we had mentioned earlier the Islanders are kind of they were the second team to have games postponed due to COVID. Where do we think it stands as of right now, the Olympic situation? Do you think this could go awry? I still think it has the potential to, PD. I don't know what you're hearing, but I mean, look, we're I don't think we're there yet because we haven't had that massive amount of postponed games. You know, Ottawa had its blip and the Islanders are having their blip, but is it to the point where they have to cancel the Olympics? No, but everybody's everybody's watching this one very closely. And one of the things that you, you worry about, the players certainly are worried about it, is you don't want to go all the way over to China and then get stranded there yeah. if, you, if you test positive. That's an awful situation, and that is definitely being talked about in inner circles. 
Yeah, I, I thought with the Ottawa situation, the league can handle it once. The Islanders now it's twice. The discussions will get very loud if there is a third team that has to go on pause. That's the time where you're going, okay, now we're, we've got a lot of games to reschedule. We have no time to schedule them in. We're already running late because of the break. We can't have the Stanley Cup playoffs go into August. Like we can't do that. We got to have, we need to get some sense of normalcy. The league may pull the pin at two. They're still, they're still, everybody's still okay. When this happens to the third, you're going to see people start screaming. So for the league's sake, I, I hope everything goes well and, and the players get to go to the Olympics and we have unbelievable hockey to watch and I get a Craig Morgan break for three weeks. That would be <laughs> awesome. But for right now, it's on the precipice. Like this may get canceled. It's all about the ulterior motive screen. I know. Maybe. I know. Craig is very silent. I know. I think he might have quit. Craig, Did you quit, Craig? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm going uh, to Eugene with Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just packing that, that pause. He's, oh my uh, god. I'm sorry, Craig. No, what would we do without Craig for real? Um, oh, I wouldn't be Craig, here without Craig. Craig has some awesome stuff um coming to the website this week and this weekend. So be sure to become a member at gophnx.com to get access to all of that. Becoming a member, you get deals on merchandise. Um, a year membership gets you a shirt. So you can get any of the awesome four coyote shirts. We have three Cody the Coyotes in different colors, the new design, check them out at the PHNX locker. There's also weekly members deals of the week. You can become a part of our members only discord. And the other night we did a, a live game watch and that was a members only event too. So just a lot of great perks to becoming a member. And I know um, Craig has a story on ASU hockey. So if you're interested in more hockey in the Valley, check that out as well craig did you want to just quickly touch on asu before we yeah Petey, Petey and i were out at the bemidji series the second game when asu really looked dominant and the 6-4 score i didn't think was indicative of that game they they controlled that play pretty much the entire 60 um that's the kind of effort that they need uh, arizona state is seven and seven right now greg powers really looked at this as a springboard season into their new arena he wanted to have them back in the tournament and really get momentum going again for this program after COVID kind of shelved it, but they haven't been able to find that consistency yet. A big part of that is they haven't played strong team defense. or so they're one of the worst teams in the league or in the, uh, in the nation and in, in goals against per game, but they've got opportunities. They're sitting uh, number 27 in the pairwise rankings, which go a long way toward determining the NCAA field of 16. They've got some big, big series up ahead. Denver comes in, this weekend, they're number eight in the pairwise, and, and there's some people that think they're one of the best teams in the country. They've got Clarkson, they've got Cornell, they've got Minnesota State still ahead. So there is opportunity for the Sun Devils, particularly because they play a lot of games at home, to get back in the mix. But they need to they need to get it going. As, as Greg Powers said, it's go time. It's go time right now. They need to go on a run. Yeah, this is a team that when they play well, they can compete with anybody in the country. They just need to put it together. And like Craig said, it does have to be now. Like they that if they would have lost Bemidji State on that second game, their season's all but over. Like it's that fragile right now. This team needs to put on a run if they expect to make the tournament. And with all those graduated seniors that entered the portal and made their way um, to Tempe to play in the sunshine, the expectations are high. Um, this is the last season before they move to their their brand new beautiful building the expectations are the are the tournament or bust so they've they really need to start to put it together 
Yeah, well, you can find all of that coverage as well at gophnx.com. There's a lot of hockey here in Arizona besides just the Coyotes. We have another episode of Down the I-10 um, this week focusing on the Tucson Roadrunners. So trying to round out all of the hockey content here at PHNX. So check it out and uh, be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan, at S. Peters Hockey, and at Leah Merrill, and then our beat account at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Like we said, we're still trying to get Espo to take that slap shot, so we need all the help we can get um, getting that follower count up so we can see that happen. Um, any closing thoughts before we head out? Not really. Curious, curious to see what the Sun Devils do against Denver. Uh, I'm going to get out to the second game of that series, but of course the Coyotes play the Vegas Golden Knights on Friday, so we'll get a look at them at two. Um, and I guess I will. Uh, yeah, I'll join you guys from uh, from the arena that night. Yep, I'm looking to see the Golden Knights too and see where they are. There's another team that didn't start off with with the season they had expected, so I'm looking forward to seeing them. Definitely. Well, we will be back live for that post game show, so be sure to join us on our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports, and check out PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Uh, that's it from us today, and we will see everyone later this week. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs>